Hello, James here. Welcome to the James Cast and another spectacular conversation with Glenn Power from PowerWorks Automotive. You know what? We we got down to talking about do kids aspire to own cars today? Or is that a thing of the past? What does it mean for the automotive industry? We also had a great question from Steve Wetter from St. Lazare, Quebec, Canada, talking about octane. What does it really mean? And how does this affect performance of cars? Whole bunch more in this podcast. You're going to love it. You want to listen to the original version? Potaholics.com is where you can find it. Glenn Power, James Bikeway, that's me. This is the PowerWorks Podcast. So I was using the P10 Pro. I had a P20 Pro that I broke. Went back to the P10 Pro. Yep. And then went and picked up the Y8S and then had buyer's remorse and thought, oh, you know, I'm really, uh, and then obviously couldn't return it. And, and so I un- unboxed it and, you know, got my stuff on it and started using it and kind of went, you know, the operating system is beautiful as yeah. one would expect because I'm used to the Huawei product anyway. Screen's beautiful. The camera works well, especially if you have ideal lighting conditions. So, and it works well at night. It's got a night feature. I kind of went, you know, this does everything I need it to do. Yeah. And at, you know, 500 Durham's with, you know, really being a, a phone that's worth much more than that. Uh, I kind of went, yeah, I did okay here. <laughs> and you know what I you want? It's a silly thing. The, the, the thing that I really like about it is I like the headphone jack. I like a headphone jack. Yeah, that's weird. This is the first Samsung I've had that hasn't got a headphone jack, and it's the USB port. Yeah, and so you need a, you know, you can either have USB headphones or a USB adapter. Yeah, but I, I, don't, I don't know whether it's just me or not. <coughs> the S8 that I had before, the battery, the phone was three years old. Yeah, yeah. The battery was like rubbish yeah. by this time. It was really struggling. You'd, do a, you'd need to charge it halfway through the day. Oh, yeah. Well, that thing should be... But, this is make a full day, no problem. But yeah, the thing yeah. is, I think that there's obviously software and firmware to use headphones yes. through USB. Yeah. And I think using the headphones that way is draining the battery quicker than oh, it would I, with I, you an know, auxiliary socket. I, I don't know. I don't know enough about it, but that just that's how I feel about you it. You might be right, actually. And and then and definitely there's a lot of optimization that, that goes into play to make those things work. So yeah. it's... Uh, yeah, it's 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 crazy. It's crazyville, but it's it's yeah. <laughs> how do we how do we make it all work? And and uh, yeah. So yeah, I've got a van full of uh, artificial grass for Andrew as well. Oh really? Charging him ten thousand dirhams a day storage. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. There we go. Hey, on that note, why don't we why don't we get started on this uh, this podcast and no. see where it uh, see where it takes us and and. And, and the rest of the show. But yeah, let's do it. Here we go. All right. It's Potaholics time. It's the PowerWorks podcast with Glenn Power from PowerWorks Automotive, which means we're talking cars, automotive stuff, and a whole bunch more coming to you from the Ro- Rove podcast studio, downtown Dubai. It's amazing. We last time we got together, we we walked around the shop and kicked the tires. I almost felt like we should walk around the parking lot and kick a few tires. <laughs> you get in trouble there. These cars are not under our custody. We would get in trouble for that. Oh man! But it's it's great to have you here again, and it's it's great to join in the conversation because we we just learn so much about 
the everyday world of automotive stuff. And I, I, I'm, I'm always impressed with the number of folks who really look at what we're doing and, and kind of say, Hey, I'm learning something. And I got a question for you guys. Cause I think you might be able to, you know, shed some light on it and, and not from folks who don't know about cars and don't know about the industry, but they want another opinion. And I think that's what we do. I, I, I kind of love it. Yeah. It's all good. This is PowerPoints with Glenn Power. Which brings me to, to one of the, one of the messages that's come through from Steve Witter in St. Lazare, Quebec, Canada. And th- this is actually funny because Steve and I go way back and Steve, uh, you know, great lawyer over there in St. Lazare doing some really cool stuff. And, and we, uh, I, I remember one of the first automotive things that Steve put me on to, and I don't know if he's going to remember this, but I know he's listening because he's, he's been asking about his question that I, <laughs> we haven't talked about. It's like, oh yeah, forgot about that actually. <laughs> Which is which is not good salesmanship for hey send in your questions we will get to them but but we do get to them eventually yeah it's just people you know sometimes I just bring my wife in though yeah out of the blue <laughs> yeah and ruin everyone's plans <laughs> and then I you know I had to take the old Wrangler into your shop to see if we could figure out where something went and yeah I don't know well, we'll just do a podcast so anyway well we we did get to it Steve but going to to how one of the first times I ever spoke to Steve about cars was this has got to be way back in nineteen ninety maybe 2002 <laughs> so, so between there <laughs> there's a broad range, there's a broad but range but but steve was saying so actually i think it's in the 2000s so 2001 2002 actually and and steve's saying to me hey have you watched the bmw films on online because bmw did a whole series of of films to advertise their cars and i think these are 2001 2002 so uh, superstar and more and and they all had big time producers doing them so guy Ritchie and and others they're they're really good they're films that are selling cars and and when they did them the best part was bmw said to the said to the folks who were doing it said just let us know how many cars you need and we'll give you cars so so make the films Awesome. Yeah. And, and that was one of my first times we really started talking about cars and it was kind of cool. Well, well, Steve obviously listens to this podcast. He finds it informative, educate, educating and entertaining. And he said, Hey, I got a question for you guys. And, and this is the way the question went. He says, uh, and hold on, let me get to the top here. He says, he's coming. He says, okay, I got a question about, uh, you know, about, about what's going on with fuel. He says, I've read articles and I've had a question which I couldn't find an answer to. And I think, you, I think I remember you talked about cars now and then and on your podcast, unless I imagined it. In any event, the world record was set with the low octane. So a world record for automobiles, you know, just going, yep. uh, was set with a low octane fuel, which seems counterintuitive. The article also states that the car develops more horsepower using the low octane fuel and I can't understand it. And, and so it it was kind of interesting. And I sent him back a a, a quick response that, that you had to that. And he says, he says, uh, he says, I know octane level doesn't equate to power. High octane means the gas can uh, withstand higher compression without auto uh, igniting. Because of this, high performance cars usually use higher octane gas since they use higher compression engines, et cetera. But why do you think, this low octane fuel would give this vehicle such great power and also why it would give it uh, an opportunity to, to be, 
fairly efficient. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 there's a few things here. The, the, the first thing to answer is obviously the Octane question, which, you know... Um, which I, I, you I, sent me, a, I think it was on Facebook or Instagram, you messaged me, I think, and then I think I gave you a bit of a reply to it there. And the Octane thing to the everyday person like you and I is not really something to consider when, you, when you're filling your car. Which is, which is really counterintuitive, isn't it? Because we go to the gas pump and the first thing they say, hey, do you want... You want, you want special, do you want super or whatever we call it here? If you're back in North America, you've got three grades, maybe four. Yeah. I mean, the thing, the thing is that you have fuel is made up of many things. It's hydrocarbon. Everyone knows that word now because of all, you know, of all the bad that it does for the planet. Everyone's heard of the hydrocarbon and that's what fuels are made of now. Octanes are part of those. They're a type of hydrocarbon that are in there and that the higher the number, um, so the higher the octane number, um, the more resistant it is to pre-igniting or right. detonation. Which causes that knocking in an engine. So we'd call it ping, pinging or, pinging or yeah. knocking. Um, basically, on a petrol engine, and there's different. There's a difference, octane on petrol, and then there's the important number in diesel is cetane. But basically, on, the, on a petrol engine, which is ignited fuel and air with a spark from the spark plug, you have the fuel and the air mixed and compressed at the same time. And then there's a spark to set off the burn. And it's a very rapid burn. It isn't an explosion, it's a burn. Um, if the octane number is high enough, it will sub it will be able to withstand high compression. Uh, if it's not high enough, uh, the compression will allow it to detonate before the spark detonates it. And what this will do is it will cause more than one. It will cause multiple detonations. So then when the spark, because we're talking about fractions of a second. Because mm. so it's really a small amount of fuel that gets fired yeah, into the so cylinders. Then, then you get some of the fuel, a proportion of it, let's say 10%, yeah. that will ignite as the piston is still going up. Right. So then you've got an explosion, uh. which is forcing the piston down before it's gone up. So that's what causes that noise. Now, most modern cars, and that's, this is the case certainly on European vehicles for the last 15 years, probably more, in fact, definitely more, maybe 20 years, have a knock sensor. And its right. job is basically to detect this knock on the engine and then manage through the fuel, uh, through the engine management system, to then manage the fueling of the engine. Mm -hmm. And also if you have vvt so variable valve timing to manage the valve timing on there to try and account for the knocking to because that will cause and does cause serious engine damage and we're and talking this is, this major is a, engine this damage. has been a huge thing that that people have constantly been trying to to deal with and, and this is where the technology in a vehicle yeah well you know it used to be lead before yeah, you know, yeah. had lead in fuels huge um, issues and then you'd have then when leaded fuels obviously horrific for the environment yeah to have done away with at petrol pumps, but then you used to have to buy the lead additive. Right. Some old engines you still have to pour the lead additive in um, because they'll just knock. And really, with Octane, you aren't getting more power. Now, it does allow you to get more power. So if you have a high-compression engine, which the engine management system will be perfectly fine and able to manage a 95, which is what our, what we call special here. Okay. Now, 95 in the North American market is qu 
quite a high octane number. We're talking 87s, 88s, yes. 91s uh, in, in the North American market as a standard sort of octane rating. But like when you come, here's weird because we're very Americanized with how we do things here. Yeah. But the fuel is very European <laughs> in terms of, in, if we just go purely off of octane. So in the UK, 95 standard. And then you'd have like a, so a lot of places, the 97, 98, 99, or even 100 octane number. Really? If your engine is receiving sensor readings from the knock sensor to the engine management saying that, hang on, there's some knock going on here, it will retard. It can wind off the valve timing to reduce the compression. It can reduce the fueling to try and help uh, with this knock. And if it's doing that, you're losing power. Mm-hmm. Now, to the everyday person like you and I, we don't really care. Yeah. Cars doing that behind the scenes, and we're just driving. Yeah, we don't if notice it, gets, it. If it gets to the point where it isn't able to control it, it will figure out what cylinder it's happening on, and it will shut that cylinder down. Right. So then you'll get a misfire to try and save itself from exploding, basically. Um, because what you're trying to do with, with the with the four-stroke cycle, on which is typical on most petrol engines that will be driven in cars. The piston goes up and it goes down. That's all it can do. Now, on one of the ways up, it's pushing the exhaust gases out from the previous cycle. And then on the way back down, it's pulling air in and drawing it in as a vacuum. It's as a syringe, as you would pull a Mm. syringe and pull medicine into a syringe. On the way back up, it's compressing. So then the valves are closing and it's compressing. Now, as that is compressing, if the compression gets to such a state where fuel hasn't got sufficient octane to resist detonation it will start to explode and as it explodes it expands we've all seen a mushroom cloud and a a bomb going off we're talking about a very similar thing it will try and force that down but the rest of the engine is rotating to force it up something has to give and over time you'll wear the pistons will rock they will wear the side of the bore of the cylinder out, they will wear the piston out, the rings will get damaged. Mm. And worse than that, incomplete combustion, carbon deposits, the oil becomes less effective at lubricating yeah. and you get huge engine. It doesn't take long. With with a knocking engine, you're talking, you know, if an engine's knocking for 10 minutes, there's irreversible damage. Really? Yeah. That little time? Yeah, yeah. And you're seriously reducing the life of the engine by doing it, so... If you have a higher octane fuel that allows the engine to run as it should without any management system kicking in to do sort of self-preservation, yeah. then you will get the full power out of the engine for sure. That's, mm. that's That will happen because the engine's running as it's intended to. Yeah. But if the engine can run at 95 and you put 100 in, you're not going to get any power benefits really. If the, if the engine's running at capacity and as it should at 95, putting 100 in isn't going to help. Mm. So so what do you make of this then, the SSC Tuatara? This is what, what yeah. Steve was writing about. World's fastest car at 316.11 miles an hour, 1,750 horsepower, yeah. works on ordinary fuel. Well, why not? So it, it just comes down to the, because it really doesn't matter when we start talking about the octane, that's really not the, such an important issue. Is that, is that what it all comes octane down to? Octane really isn't a problem. You know, if you set the engine to run at a sufficient compression ratio, yeah, that doesn't matter whether you're going to have 
So high it or low octane. It really, it's it's about how the engine can operate. Yeah. So I think that best way. that key line, right, in all of this is octane doesn't change the energy content Absolutely of the nothing, gas. No, nothing at all. I mean, so as, as long as you have engine, and uh, this thing obviously has a pretty great engine management system. It's also got a lot of horsepower. There you go. You don't need special fuel. There's a, there's a reason that people feel like their car's different on high octane fuel. So let's take an example of the Wrangler. Yeah. You've been running it on special. Yep. Right? Well, for, I'll, I'll go with the one from Abu Dhabi if I can get it in. You know that you know that one? <laughs> <laughs> so Yeah. The one the one It's pretty much water. Yeah, when they flush the lines out. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one they put in there. Yeah. So <laughs> let's say you've so you've been twelve years on special. Yeah. Eleven years on special, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now you it's probably a bad example because you do change your oil regularly and you do you do look after the car. But let's say, for example, you didn't. Yeah. Now, I know, and you know, if we take that engine apart, there will be carbon deposits on the valves, on the pistons, on the on everything, the oil control rings, the, the, the compression ring, everything on the internals of the engine will have carbon deposits. So if we're talking about an area, a volume, sorry, in the, the combustion chamber in your engine, so as the piston comes to the top, and it gets to the chamber where the valves are closed and that's where it's compressing. If that volume is, let's say, five cubic centimetres, if you've got carbon deposits on the bottom of the valves, where the valves seat on the top of the piston, you might lose half a cubic centimetre. So if you're compressing the same volume into a smaller space, there's higher compression, the ratio is higher. So you will have potentially from... 12 bar you might have 13 bar of, of compression and that's a big difference and on lower that's huge octane fuel you will get some pre-detonation potentially mm. now the way to fix that is to clean the engine but who's going to do that so then when you go and put higher octane fuel in the engine management isn't winding back for anything because it's not detecting knock you're not getting any knock so you're actually burning the fuel properly so regardless of the management system higher octane fuel is allowing the engine to run better again because the engine compression, the octane number in the higher octane fuel can manage with that and cope with it. Yeah. So you think, wow, this gives me way more power because I'm getting yeah. 10%, 15 and, and that's a genuine thing. Yeah, but yeah. it's a little bit like getting addicted to a drug <laughs> because then what happens? Where do you go from there? And you're still getting carbon buildup and every time your engine running, there's still some form of carbon buildup. And at 300,000, 400,000 kilometers, you know, we're talking about a, a considerable and it's not negligible amount of increase potentially in compression. Now, that can be offset by the fact that the valves don't seat properly, so you lose a little bit of compression, the pistons yeah. are wearing in. But the reason people feel like there's more power is because they're counteracting for a reduced area in the compression chamber, basically, by putting higher octane fuel. So it, that's, and this is a, again, exclusively petrol. Yeah. Diesel's different. This is PowerPoints with Glenn Power. Diesel is, the air's compressed to a super high temperature and then the fuel is injected in as a mist and then that explodes. The diesel engine is an explosion. That is a literal explosion. That's why they're so noisy. That's why they sound knocky because they are banging. Mm. petrol engines rumble a little bit more because it's a fast 
very fast, but it's not an explosion. It's a fast burn. Yeah. So that's where the difference comes there. But octane is purely relevant to... So with, with this car, probably we've got the engine design. Probably we've got an engine management system that when you bring it all together with the regular octane fuel, it's yeah. just optimized. I can, I, can, I can look at it stepping back and remember the sort of stuff that we did and heard about happening and got taught about happening when I was at VW in the early 2000s. And Ferdinand Piek saying he wanted to do 100 kilometers on a litre of fuel and get on with it. And I want to do 200 miles an hour while reading a newspaper in the back of a car, get on with it. So all of a sudden the 3L, which we called the 3L Lupo, and it was called the 3L because you could do 100 kilometers on three litres of fuel, which is great wasn't quite the one liter he got. He got there in the end with the XL1, but then the Phaeton comes along with the W12 in it and he's, you can do 202 miles an hour in it while he's sat in the back reading the newspaper. So these things were happening and this car is probably part of its design was, well, look, electric vehicles are probably not sustainable. We need to get as much power as we can out of petrol engines now because diesel's everybody's favorite thing to hate. Yeah. So what can we do with petrol? And, you know, look at all the cars now. You know, you see a, if you see a BMW 535 six, seven, eight years ago, that's got a 3.5 straight six in it. Yeah. If you see a 535 now, it's got a two litre turbo in it. The, the numbers don't mean anything anymore. Well, and that's, and, that's and somewhere the, we want to go in a minute. So yeah, so we've got smaller engines with turbochargers yeah. on there to get, equivalent power of the bigger engines before you know we've got a 6.6 litre transam in there that can do 170 brake horsepower <laughs> yeah yeah we can get 170 i was working on cars with 170 brake horsepower from a 1.4 10 years ago yeah 12 years ago yeah so we're going that way to the point where it, it keeps internal combustion alive and it keeps the oil industry going obviously but it, it allows for a slower transition to the reusable I, I remember not so long ago when the number and, and, and last in our last podcast, I said the same thing to you. I said, Oh, they've got a 3.2, whatever. And you go, yeah, it doesn't mean anything. Oh yeah. It was the 35 TFSI. Yeah. And I went oh, a 3.5 liter engine. You go, no, that's not what it means. Yeah. And I'm going, when did that change? Like I seem to have fallen asleep and woken up where those numbers meant something to now they don't mean anything. And yeah. so why would they put 3.2 there? Is that it's version 3.2? Like I don't. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of things. I mean, blame Mercedes. Don't blame Mercedes, but hey, Mercedes did it. pause for a second. Yesterday I saw a C300 convertible and I don't know if it was new or old. I mean, I mean, it wasn't old, but I don't, I had a, I didn't look it up yet, but C300 and it was, it was cool yet weird looking because it's small, right? Yeah, it's relatively near the 300, yeah. And so it's kind of small. It's kind of rounded. And the guy the guy or the, the lady, I, could, I don't know, I would get close enough, didn't have the roof down. So I was trying to... Why? I, well, that's what I was saying too, because, you know, I'm driving around... 28 degrees outside. I know. I've got no windows on my thing and it's... Oh, but it didn't have the roof down. And I was just looking at it, trying to figure out... On the way to Gargas because it stopped working. <laughs> <laughs> Roof stopped working. Warranty claim. But I was just trying to figure out, wow, like this is a small convertible that's got some nice lines on it, but from the back, it was kind of round and weird looking, almost like the the e the EOS? EOS, yeah, yeah. It kind of had the EOS look, yeah. but of course, different company, but it reminded me of an EOS. Yeah, <laughs> that, there's, a, there's a lot of... Um, 
it's funny because DJ was with us. Um, he went on the latest A8 launch with Audi before he came over. And Audi and VW Group in a, as a whole really have a bit of a chip on their shoulder with Mercedes. Not There's a lot of competition there and it's healthy. Yeah, yeah. But... I mean, we shared, a, eventually, they, they merged the training facility in, in the UK for head office of Mercedes and for VW, and, you know, it was there's always some collaboration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, we, we make vans together, so the Sprinter and the Crafter. And yeah. So there was always some collaboration, but Mercedes S-Class, everybody waits for the S-Class, so they know what's going to be on their Asian cars in 10 years' time. Yeah. Because the S-Class, I mean, you look yeah, at yeah. an old S-Class 15, 20 years ago, and it's yeah. way more advanced than Land Rovers. Yeah, of you know, course. Like, yeah. let alone the Toyotas and the Nissans out there. So everyone waits for it. And there's obviously a bit of like, oh, you're joking from the VW group. Yeah. It's like, come on, <laughs> come on. We could have done that. We could have done that, you know. So when the A8 launch was out, talking about the screens inside and everything, and it's a phenomenal car, that car. The, the yeah. safety features on it are cutting edge. But they were saying stuff about how, well, you know, the Mercedes dashboards, because the screens don't fold away and they'll right. get damaged by the heat and damaged by UV and all this, and ours fold away and it makes it better and all this. They're going over these little, but that's what the Mercedes is, but this is better on ours because now you get inside. I can't remember what car it was that came in. It was a, I think it was an RS7 that we had in, an amazing car, yeah. but you could have been sat in a Mercedes. <laughs> Seriously, you could have been sat in a Mercedes and... The yeah. Passat CC, sort of 10, 12 years ago when that came out, it's called the CC here. That was obviously just to try and get some of that Mercedes market. Like, yeah. look, we can make a nice car. We're VW, the people's car, but we can make a pretty I car. I told you still. the story about that. With one, Got into one of those with my son, my youngest, after we'd had a Bentley. Uh, and we're driving around in the CC and he goes, you know, Dad, I like this car better. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, that's not gonna. That's made, not gonna made, be. made in, the, made by the same people. <laughs> yeah, but he liked the CC better. Yeah, yeah. And it, it even had the nice. nice yeah, you've had the little clock right in the middle of the dash, yeah. kind of like the Bentley. Yeah. He said, "This is just a nicer car." Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's 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 a lot to be said for this. I mean, the point, you know, the C300. It's relatively new. Yeah. When you're making a hard top convertible or any kind of convertible, you kind of stuck with the lines. Right. There's not much you can do to make it look yeah. different. I mean, you know, look at all, even to this day, you look at the Jaguars from the old E-Type to yeah, the XK right. that's just gone. They all look the same, really. Yeah. You're stuck. Yeah. There's I'm not interested, much you can do. I'm interested to see what this looks like with the roof down. I mean, I, I, I have to go by and see when, so. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, I do, I mean, I'd take a Mercedes over a BMW. I mean, I'd take a yeah. awesome car over a BMW, but... Uh, I do like the Mercedes come, do look nice, yeah. and you know, and then if you want to be obnoxious, you can go and buy a massive G wagon <laughs> and you put it on portal. Actually, I mean they sell them on portals. They sell the six by six now as well, right? Yeah. So you know, it's not just his uh, Highness Sheikh Mohammed that's got one of those. Yeah. You can go and buy one if you want. Yeah, but let's get back to what we were talking about when I fell asleep and woke up, and suddenly the, the badges—they don't mean anything. Why? What's your take on that? Well, it's because, so Mercedes a few years, so you know, everyone knows the C the C63, or here we do, the C63, the G63, but that isn't a 6.3 litre. The 63 and the 6.3 is a is something that they're proud of from their past engines that they did, yeah. but it wasn't a 6.3, I think it was 6.1 or 6.2, but they, they kept the number because it meant something to the brand. Yeah. So that's when it kind of died. 
because all of a sudden they thought, well, we're calling them a 63, but they're not a 63. <laughs> so then you've got a situation where you can't sell an S500 with a 5-litre V8 in it. Yeah, no nobody's going to do that. <laughs> who's going to do that now? And apart you, from here, where yeah. fuel's still reasonably cheap. You, you want it, though. I mean, we, we, we want that big engine because we yeah. want the sound, but yeah. you don't want the big engine because you don't want the environmental consequences do of it. Do people want the sound anymore? I don't know. Don't you think they do? I do don't you think know. It's, do you think it's only a, a, a small group of people who... There's so much... There's so much... I mean, okay, that's the wrong... Do people want engine sound anymore? Yeah. Well, that's a, but that's the other problem, right? Because you get into the car and you don't hear the engine sound. It's all, too well made. It's, it's all wasted on the people yeah, outside. Yeah, they're too well yeah. made, right? So, so obviously, what happens? You want an S five hundred because of the five liter V eight, or do you want an S five hundred because of the trim level that it was associated with and right. the output of the engine? So, hang on, the last S five hundred made four hundred horsepower, or well, we can get that from a, a three point whatever or a four liter and turbocharge it. Okay, we can put two turbos on it, and you know, and does AMG. it really make a difference when I put two turbos on? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, huge. One, one for each side, you know, yeah, one on each bank if it's okay. a V engine, or you can put a small one and the big one so you don't get lag and inline. Yeah, okay. Twin charge engines are quite mm-hmm. quite popular, so the numbers just refer to so on. So from VW's point of view and the Audi in question, the numbers refer to output okay. of the engine, and there's a chart, and DJ's got it because you brought it from one of his training courses before which gives you the if it says 35 what does it mean because i've had a an a3 saloon with 35 tfsi yeah and it was a 1.4 engine <laughs> yeah so you know i'm looking at it thinking an a3 with a 3.5 wow you know yeah that's gonna go that's but gonna go and then you open up the hood and you kind of go 1.4 oh, yeah, and yeah. it's like okay but it's charged and it yeah. you get 200 horsepower out of it almost 180 horsepower that's a lot of horsepower in a little car yeah Yeah. and it's delivered properly the turbos don't lag and they're managed and it it, you know well that's that's the other thing jumping you know making a a, just a a quick revisit to steve's question about octane if you've got an engine that's well managed again you don't if the octane's not important it's how you're managing that fuel because it's going to have the same amount of power the, the biggest thing on on engines is the air that it breathes that's the most important thing on any engine. If if it can breathe well saturated with oxygen air, yeah. well oxygenated air, no problem. That's, that's, that's all that matters. One of the engineers has got to be spending a lot of time thinking about that and just kind of looking at how can I tweak it? How can I move the intake a little bit? How can I... There will literally be groups of men and women that will have their sole job. How do we get... 15 cubic meters per second of air into this engine because we need x amount of oxygen yeah and that will be their job and and rightly so and the the, that's the most and there's a lot of it again that's again a lot of engineering into the sound of the intake that goes into cars you know you'll get little pipes that come off of the intake that go into the cabin (laughs) sure so you know and that wasn't something we had in the uk because of emissions regulations being different and the cars being fully tuned, but here in the hot climate, they detune them. So on the GTI, they detune. They don't make as much noise, but the emissions regulations aren't as strict. So there's a a pipe that comes off of the intake to allow engine noise from intake into the cabin. Mm. So the cars sound better yeah. to the driver and more sporty than they would in the UK, but they're less powerful. <laughs> 
And that's an engineer. It's an engineer yeah. that's thought of that. Yeah. And he or she have said, well, we can do this. And then somebody's come up with the, well, we can make the exhaust sound like this. And, you know, you're getting any Porsche today. Yeah. And there's a sport button. And then there's a button with a picture of the tailpipes and you press it and all of a sudden the engine sounds like it's got two more cylinders and it's... <laughs> yeah. And this, in some cases, that's all you want, right? You just want to hear... You just and want that's to hear. what I think, you know, I, I genuinely think that most people these days, your kids, my kids, they're not going to want a, a V8. I, you know, really? it's, it's funny because my boys... I mean, they like coming here and, and, you know, when they could come back and, and maybe, you know, that'll happen again sooner than later. They like coming back because they got a vehicle to drive and they they can thrash them around a bit and, you know, a Wrangler's fun to drive, right? Yeah. But they, I never hear them saying, oh yeah, I can't, you know, someday I want to get a car. You know, my oldest would love to have a car just for transport, but he's, he's actually at this point thinking, yeah, I'm just going to get into one of these car packages where we, yeah. you know, where you, we have them all over the place, you drives or whatever. He's not, you know, there's no, I, I don't ever hear him talk about, oh, I can't wait to the day that I can own a Tesla or the day that I can own a, the first hydrogen powered car or the day yeah. that I can get a, a GTI. Like he, I never hear either of my boys ever talk like yeah, that. That's it. Yeah. I think there's a lot of, um, there's always differences from generation to generation, obviously fashion, music, yeah. cars, but I, I, I can remember being... 14, 15, and the people, I, the, some of the lads I played football with were a couple of years older than me, and they were getting their driving license and going on driving lessons and getting their first car, and it was almost a rite of passage. Yeah. And it, it's only like 20 years ago, not that, not, well, 19 years ago. But it wasn't, it's not a sexist thing, but it was different. Yeah. Girls didn't have that. It was a thing as a guy, it was certainly yeah. in the, where I lived and the people I associated with, it was like, okay, a lad gets to be in 16, 17, 16, he has a motorbike, 17, he gets a car. Yeah. I never, never did the motorbike thing. So I wasn't even allowed to push bikes. My dad was uh, really against it for various reasons, but I got, got my driving license on my 17th birthday. Yeah. And six months to the day later, I'd passed my test and I got a car. You know, the car was bought for me before my test and I was out on it the day yeah. after I passed my test. Yeah changing the cassette in the in the tape player and not looking where I was going and going up the curb and smashing the wheel track oh. the first day like within an hour or something. Oh, no, no. So, you know, this just but that was that but that I don't think or I don't know. My kids are five and two. I don't know. Maybe yeah. it does exist. Maybe it's different. It's just one of those but I just don't see it as much. When I go back yeah. to the UK there's you know, I've got young kid cousins and stuff that would be coming up to that age that they don't drive. Yeah. You know, it would, and another reason for it, they still live at home. Yeah. I wanted to be out. <laughs> 17, I was well, like filling forms in for a council house. Yeah. I want, I want out when I'm 18, yeah. I want to, I want my own place. And I was like, yeah. you know, living in a council flat with, um, a coal fire yeah. at 18, wow. you know, coal like, fire. cause I wanted to be <laughs> out, but wow. that just, you know, people can't do that now. It's different. And that's just yeah. in 20 years, you know, that that's just what's happening in the last I, 15, I wonder years. if some of our youth, like you said, aren't even, forget about the cars. They're not even going to get their licenses. Well, this is it. Why would you? My, yeah. my kid brother, his kid brother, he's 30 now, but he's four years younger than me. He's not got his license. Really? He doesn't care. He lives <laughs> in a city. Yeah. Well, he can get it. a bus every two minutes to the train station where there's a train every two minutes to yeah. everywhere he needs to go. Yeah. So he doesn't care. Gets a rail card and a bus pass, and yeah. 
get a works taxi in the city and yeah. it's like who? you go somewhere you get a driver you get a taxi you organize it up and, and away you go do you drive no i don't drive and fuels well think of the savings you have right fuels one pound 40 a liter i guess so what's got money for that you know you need 50 liters yeah i mean what are you talking 70 80 pounds to fill up a a, a, a car no no it's not doing it <laughs> who's got that kind of money yeah, no. So, you know, and, and then... Parking. Don't forget the parking. Parking it. And then there's we pay road tax in the UK. Oh, that's it. Yeah, that's it. You drive it into London, forget it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think it's... Uh, it is strange, but I think that they're trying to get... The manufacturers are clearly trying to keep people interested. They're yeah. trying to make that transition easier. And they're trying to get people into cars and they're, they're trying to keep their service centres alive. Because again, we'll use Audi because we just mentioned them again. And you know, they've got an amazing facility here in Arcus. Oh yeah, it's beautiful. It's, it's brand new. It's, it's what what two almost like a full block. Amazing facility. There must be two hundred people at any one time on on the staff there. There must be. It's huge. There must be seventy five to a hundred technical people, technicians yeah. on on site at any one time. It's huge and. In 10 years' time, if they're only selling exclusively EVs or hydrogen fuel cell, yeah. well, they don't have mechanical engine maintenance that's scheduled every yeah. six months or 10,000 kilometers. Yeah. They've got... they got to retrain. A five-year service window, potentially, yeah. apart from brakes. And warranties last five years. So if you can keep your brakes for two or three, who's going to bother going paying what you would perceive to be a higher price at the dealer when they can do it themselves or go to an independent or yeah. So, so they've got to, they've got to keep these things alive and there's nothing wrong with going for smaller petrol engines. They're, they're very, very clean now. They're very yeah. efficient and the production of them isn't as, as damaging as producing an EV. I don't think so. You know, there, there's a lot of pros to it, but I think it's purely just a transitional thing. I think that they know the writings on the wall. It's just, just get in there in the best way. Yeah. What do you got in the shop this week? Anything? Uh, we we kicked the wheels on a whole bunch of things last week. What's grabbing your attention? Three this week? Transams in this week. Three. What, yeah. what have you become the Transam guy? Uh, it's Ben. Ben's there, and he um, for some reason it's his favorite ever car. For a British person to say that's so weird. That's really weird. So what uh, years? It, we, so we had the nineteen eighty one. You had the ninety one. Which the nineties one? There's the seventy nine and the seventy seven. Wow. Okay. Seventy seven. That's a beautiful yeah. looking machine. So he's he's got his work cut out there. Yeah. And then. Um, you know, there's a lot going on. We we've got a lot of people selling cars, but actually fixing them for fixing the buyer them first. Okay, that's yeah. good. I mean, so it, making cool. it more app, you know, a better, more palatable to yeah. buy. In. Yeah. So we've had uh, we've had a couple of them. we've got a Range Rover that we're just finishing off. That's we gave a list of what you really need, do need to do this before you sell it, and then the customer said, "Okay, I'll do some of the cosmetics as well." So we wow. we're doing those. He's um he's a pilot as well, so it's not been easy for him. Yeah. But he's doing the right thing. And nice. um, we didn't get much in terms of a rush after the rain, but if it had been more sustained, I think we would have. Well, I think I think that's clear. That was, you know, what that rain was. That was the hey, it's coming. Yeah, yeah. And I know people are listening. They're listening from around the world. They're going, oh, it rains here all the time, dude. What are you talking about? We it doesn't rain here. We don't have drains either. No, we don't we have, have drains. No sewerage systems so, or underground what, drains. <laughs> so the, the sign on. 
you know, on the, on the highway, when you go over those, you know, traffic signs, those electronic traffic signs, say, beware of ponds. Yeah. And I used to laugh when I saw that. Cause I'm thinking it's a puddle. Yeah. And then I said, Oh no, 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 no it, it truly is a pond that is now on the road. And, yeah. and I always like, I mean, and the, you know, coming from North America, look, I've driven in snow, I get snow. And yet, last year when we went back and I got a car without snow tires. It's like, it was like, well, I, you know, we had rented the car. We rented this, the size of the car and I got there and I was in a province, I was in Ontario and they don't have to have snow tires on certain cars, right? In Quebec, you have to have snow tires. They didn't have to have snow tires on the car. And I said, yeah, but dude, I'm, I'm going up North. He goes, yeah, but we, we, by law, we don't have to put snow tires, just all four, four season radials. And I'm going, yeah, I'm shaking my head going, this is going to be fun. And of course we hit all the weather anyway, ice storms, snow. And, and that's when I was talking to my wife about this maybe last week. And I said, well, you remember that? That's why we had to stop and put, put fuel in. And she goes, I was wondering why we were putting fuel in when we had three quarters of a tank. And I said, well, that's case we slid off the yeah. road. I wanted to make sure we had a full <laughs> tank of gas yeah. to keep the car running if possible so that we didn't freeze to death or something. And, and, and it's, you know, so this, this, all, this all becomes really kind of interesting when you, you start thinking about it all. Yeah, I think we, um, so we, we collected a, we collected a key Mojave from the our dentist actually, and his car was parked in a pond. Yeah. But, well, and, and, and so, so I mean, tying this together, by the way, is, is people don't realize when they're driving in vehicles here, they go flying yeah, yeah. through the water. That's right. Yeah. The water goes everywhere. And of course they also, cause people here, a lot of people are driving four wheel drive. So Mojave has got, it's got all time four wheel. They think I got traction. Well, no, it just means all four year wheels don't have traction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, it's, it's, we had, he'd parked the car for us to pick up and we were stood at the side of the road on the, on the footpath. And I was getting in back in the van to go back and DJ was getting in the Mojave and as we're walking from the dentist to the cars, the driver comes down and it was an A-class A250 oh, no. or oh, something. No. Oh, no. Way too fast. Yeah. Like you can't see the curb on the side of the road. Yeah, yeah. That tells you how oh, high it is. And man. they're just going way too fast. Now the worst part of it, obviously the water lapped up over us and over our feet. Yeah. That was great. But then they slammed the brakes on because they realized they'd gone into deep water. And yeah. then it's That's like, it. Yeah, you should have thought about that. Yeah. Now, Take now, your foot off the, the gas and just now coast it. You, smoked your brakes into some really cold water. Yeah. That's not great for a start. And you have you no traction. sucked all that water in as you've driven through it. Yeah. All that water in. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, so very, very, uh, very, very careful in, in, in the rain and, and through any kind of puddles. And a lot of, as we've just talked about, an engineer cares about getting air into the car into the engine, sorry, for the car to run, the engine to run properly. They assume, as an engineer would, that everyone is sensible. Right. Right, and everyone's <laughs> thinking how they're thinking because they're, and rightly so, completely fascist about how they're wanting to build that car and it's this way or none and I need to get that amount of air into that engine in this amount of time. So I'm going to put the air intake down as low as possible because we've got what, we've got aerodynamic systems on our car forcing air under, up and over and around. Yeah. So if I can catch some of that that we're forcing under there, it comes in quicker and I'll get it in quicker. Well, they don't care that you're not going to slow down for a puddle. Yeah. Yeah. And when you drive into that puddle and then let off the accelerator and draw all that air in, your problem. And that and that's a huge issue because your car is done. There's no warranty yeah, yeah, on yeah. that. I mean, we, we so we've just mentioned the di difference between petrol and diesel. That diesel engines manage a little bit better because mm. they're, well, they have explosions going on, so they're a lot thicker in in terms of the material that they're made with so they withstand a lot more pressure and 
in the UK, we used to get it, just take the glow plugs out, spin the engine over, fire the water out. I'm talking 20, 30 feet in the air. <laughs> really? <laughs> Put the glow plugs back in, start it up. No problem. No chance on the petrol. Absolutely no chance on the petrol. So, so what, when, when you talk about a petrol engine sucking in the water as it's gone through these puddles and stuff, what, what's, what's the repair for the engine? What do you have to do? What don't you have to do? Um, uh, so worst case scenario, so an engine is a basically compressor. It's, okay. a, it's, a, it's compressing air. And you can't compress a liquid. All right. So you put a liquid in there and the engine is trying to squash water. And it can't. It mm. can't do that. It can't squash it. So something has to bend. So if you have a a combustion chamber of, as we've said, let's say five cubic centimetres and you get 10 cubic centimetres of water in that cylinder, which is not a lot, well, where's it going to go? Mm. So normally the first thing to bend will be the valves, but very, very quickly the connecting rod will bend and it'll, if it doesn't break and put a hole in the side of the block, it will mm. sufficiently bend mm. to the point where the engine can no longer move. Just seems crazy, given that you know you think Germany, where where Mercedes and and things are made. You you think North America. You, I mean, they get a lot of rain. They get a lot of water. Yeah. You think they would think a little bit more. Yeah, but that you know, I guess they got better drainage. That's it. We don't have the drainage here, right? We're we're desert. And I guess most people, when they see a big puddle, they go, "I'm not driving through that." <laughs> yeah, you just get you know, you just get used to. It's a shame because you can have hazardous weather training in European countries, yeah. particularly Western and Northern Europe. And you can have hazardous training in North America and you can have that kind of, well, let's go and do a, let's go and do a driving lesson while you're learning to drive in the snow. Let's go and do a driving lesson while you learn to yeah. drive in the rain. And, uh, you know, driving on a wet road with a low sun in the winter in the UK is awful. You know, you're blinding yourself. It's horrible. Nobody has sunglasses in the UK because it's never sunny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's always sunny after a rain shower when it's yeah. like November and it's literally never comes up higher than the sort of horizon and it's just blinding you because it's yeah. reflecting off the road. You can have those lessons in those countries, but here, if you had to wait for a hazardous weather lesson before you could have your license, you would have to train the whole year or yeah. there'd just be people wanting to learn to drive in January. Yeah. So you can't do it and, and a lot of people get caught out and it, it's funny because it's newspaper the next day there'll be an article from a motoring expert about be careful in the rain and, and the traffic reports there'll be somebody on the radio saying be careful in the rain and on the TV on the news channels careful in the rain but everybody forgets. I, I sometimes wonder and, and this is not I'm not slagging off the automotive manufacturers but they do such a good job of telling us how safe the vehicles are how much traction they have they have the US you know ABS are you well they have lots of USBs too these days but they have ABS and they go on and on and on about the features and the sensors and this and this is the safest thing we've ever made and they, but not saying it's safe but hold on you still have to be really mindful of nature yeah and i and so we it's almost like we get lulled into this false sense of security and again it's not their fault because this is like you said the the engineers have said common sense says you see a pond across the road <laughs> this is it you're doing 120 140 kilometers an hour you don't hit that thing because i mean i i i, mean, I, I can remember hitting one 
and I wasn't even going fast. Like I'm, I'm doing like 40 kilometers an hour and it's in my, my neighborhood and I'm going through this puddle. I'm thinking, oh yeah, I'm going to hit the puddle. It's a Jeep. It's going to be fun. Blah, blah. The, 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 the scary thing is the way the water came up and engulfed the windshield, yeah, I couldn't anything. see. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, hope there is nothing on the other side <laughs> as I'm coming through because, you know, by the time I slam on the windshield wipers to clear the, the screen, you, you don't know what's coming. I know. And it, 50, fear. Km, 50 kilometers an hour you've traveled and in it's fear two three seconds to clear yeah. the screen you've traveled a fair distance it's there. full fear full fear at that moment and i mean i've gone through situations where i'm hydroplaning and, it, and it's just like take your foot off the gas and don't be turning that thing just let it go until you get through and again windshields covered full fear because your first reaction is foot off the gas slam on the brakes yeah. well then you speed up and you lose all you lose the ability to maneuver <laughs> it's like yeah. counterintuitive because we're thinking hey i've got all abs i've got all these sensors it's all going to work and i've got you know i've got four wheel drive it's in four wheel it's like yeah but your four wheels are not connecting to the no, tarmac that's, that's you know th yeah. those four wheels are to drive not to not to stop yeah. and not to corner at no point does it say four wheel cornering yeah. uh, you know it's it's an interesting time when it rains and it is down to what we would perceive as common sense but sometimes people forget themselves sometimes yeah. people think oh, it won't happen to me hey I, a quick question are we doing a powerpoint today guess the octane one was the powerpoint okay. wasn't it we should have uh, we should have thought about that before <laughs> we should have thought about that these are, these are the off-air yeah, chats okay. that end up on air yeah, yeah. yeah okay so yeah. we'll uh we'll we'll do that yeah we, I should, will, have, we well, should have done a powerpoint a on the octane not a problem i will uh <laughs> i will amend <laughs> it i should have thought about that yeah i should have thought about that yeah, too never mind. Like planning on the just so, planning on the go here yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> no. What can you do? Oh man, you know, I, 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 I'm almost thinking we we want to wrap things up. This has been fun. Yes, we've had a great conversation. Good one. Yeah, as as always. I I don't think have we ever had a bad conversation. I think we're I think we're actually up to our. I think this might be our seventieth podcast on Potaholics. Nice. I think we're at number seventy, which. That's a lot of chat. I was actually thinking about that this morning as I was looking at the numbers and I'm just going, that's a lot of talk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's almost as long as one Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're, we're getting up into Joe Rogan territory now, aren't we? Like, I don't know how that yeah. guy does that. He just goes on and on and on. And I, on. Know, I know how he does it. You've got Spotify <laughs> paying him hundreds of millions of dollars. So it's, it's worth his while. Hey, we're, we're in here for the long haul. I, I was listening to his, um, I think it was like recorded the Friday after the election in, election in North America. And uh, he had, no, no, uh, that's America. North America, America is Canada. Sorry, yeah. in, <laughs> in, in, I come in, from in North US, America. Yeah, that's US. just America. So yeah, well, all the Canadian, all the people that moved to Canada will be moving back now. So Canada's <laughs> population is about to half. But no, he... Um, he had an ex-CIA guy, I mean, Mike Baker's name on there. And it's like, I was just flicking through, I wonder how many v views this guy's had. He's got 10 million subscribers. Yeah. It's like nearly 3 billion views yeah, on YouTube alone. Yeah. Like that doesn't account for people who actually yeah. listen on other. Yeah, it's just insane. So, hey, yeah. more power to him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, you know what? We're going to do it all again real soon. This is Podaholics. You've been listening to PowerWorks with Glenn Power. My name's James Pikeaway. Get a hold of us if you want to. Podaholics with a K at gmail.com. Fire your questions in. You've got comments, queries, questions. That's how you do it. Don't forget the social media, Podaholics with a K. We'll do it all again real soon. Thanks for listening. Share the link. 